This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Dante's Purgatory Canto 11 on Pride. He jumps right in with the Lord's Prayer, but he does it in his own his own unique way. Um, he has the full text of the Lord's Prayer there, but he keeps adding different little bits and pieces. So he, he's he's taking what the Lord taught us, but he's he's adding layers of it. So he's making it his own in a way that gives us this beautiful way of understanding how to use the liturgy. It's, it's this structured text that we follow, but then we appropriate, adding layers of reflection so that it's it's the Lord's Prayer, but it's our prayer. In doing that, he, he's weaving all these elements into it that make it an exercise in humility. Everything about this prayer says, life and reality are involve me, but they're not about me. Hallowed be thy name, and I'm praying for my neighbor and all these things. And then it turns out that these saints in purgatory who are praying this prayer, they're not even praying it for themselves. They're praying it for us here on earth. So, so their, whole, their whole life, their whole activity is ordered around the good for God and good for their neighbor and not themselves, cultivating the spirit of prayer. And that's the, that's the goal, that's, that's the logic of purgatory, that we may lift the wing and fly according as our heart may please. Everything about this is, is, is that, that we may ascend, that we may, that we may have this, this joyful, fulfilled activity and become the kind of people that can do that. There's a complex sort of mechanism that makes that happen. Purgatory is the exteriorization of those patterns that stunt not merely our bodies, but our souls. So, so whatever it is, whatever it is that makes my mind, my soul, my body, but especially my mind and my soul sick, distorted, or bent in some way, in purgatory, that, that reality is sort of drawn out and made manifest in the things around me. So in, in this particular canto, where we're dealing with pride, um, the, the thing that was distorting my soul was this attempt to, to elevate, to, to, to rise up and be larger and bigger, or to be the center of the things around me. So what Dante does is, is, is he takes this, this, these giant boulders, and we, and we carry these boulders behind our backs, and we're bent over so we can look only at the ground, that the thing that made us, that, that, that filled us with this uh, ability to look down on others now creates a dynamic where we're looking down at nothing but the ground. Where we raised ourselves up artificially, we're now being forced to bend down in this posture of humility. Now, in a sense, this is a matter of paying for damage. So there, there's, you, you, you wrecked things. You wrecked things all around you, um, in, in, in family, in church, at work, in your own soul. Um, every relationship you had was damaged by pride. And now those damages and the, the collateral effects of your behavior, um, you're having to pay damages for that. There, there's, a, there's a direct punishment, like a negative form of satisfaction where you did wrong, that needs to be paid for. So there's definitely a repayment for damage and, and the ruin that you've caused. That's only one part of the dynamic, though. Whatever Dante's doing, he's not just about a negative picture. There, there's, a, there's a beautiful dynamic going on that's creating health and restoration and, and well, well-being. So really, this is a matter primarily of, of becoming free. Becoming free in, in, in two different ways. The, the main thing, really, is the, uh, a, a freedom a freedom to laugh. 
Yeah, I know. We can. So, so the, on the one hand, these people are carrying these giant boulders and it's torturous. But on the other hand, the, the stories they start talking about um, is Dante starts asking them questions. They're fascinating. Um, one, one, so he, he, he talks to this one poet and he says, oh man, you're, you're amazing. Um, uh, and basically starts to worship the ground this guy's walking on. And, and the guy responds by saying, are you kidding? There shines more laughter in the leaves touched by my rival's pen than in all my own. All the glory is his and mine but a part. So, so basically, Dante, Dante meets someone that would be, I don't know, like Michael Jordan or something. Uh, if Michael Jordan's in purgatory. And, and he says to him, wow, I watched all your games. I love what you, you, you were amazing, blah, blah, blah. And, and imagine Michael Jordan under this giant boulder that he's carrying, laughing and saying, man, there's more basketball in LeBron James's little pinky than in all my whole game. Like that, that man plays the game with, with, with beauty and excellence in a way that, I, that totally outshines everything I'd done. It's hard to fathom that if you've watched any of the footage of Michael Jordan talking about his rivals, right? <clears throat> but that's the kind of thing that's happening in purgatory. It's not just that their souls are being punished for the wrongs they, they did. The things, the activities that they're doing are not just bending, but unbending their souls so that when they think about a rival, they can just laugh and say, yeah, she totally outshone me, didn't she? And now her daughter is greater than any of us and will be greater than anyone to come for hundreds of years and no one will even remember my name hardly because of it. So the, the particular way that this logic you know, unfolds is that it is sort of, it planes the pride. There's, there, there's a, it's a wooden tool with kind of a knife embedded in it. As you, as you run it along the board, it shaves off excess pieces of wood to shape the wood how you want it. The soul is being planed and carved so that it's becoming this, this, this beautiful thing once more. So negatively, we're being borne down by a massive load that counterbalances the force with which we were trying to rise up. We, this force was so unhealthy, distorting everything about us, and these boulders now counteract that force. Then there's the positive, but with a, a negative twist. Um, and and the, 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 that negative twist is uh, learning to laugh and grieve at the history of our pride. So there's the purely negative, which is carrying the boulder. That's just fighting bad forces. There's the, the, the positive with a negative twist where you're able to look back on your history and think, and, and, and partly grieve and partly laugh, uh, which is a beautiful thing. The first time one of my boys was able to really laugh at himself when he'd mess something up, I was filled with joy and peace because I thought, okay, that's the logic of heaven. If you can laugh at your own wrong, laugh at your own shame. But the real positive picture that kind of fills this canto and all of purgatory is being able to learn to, to rejoice in the glory and the beauty and the accomplishments of others. To just laugh with joy at their excellence. That's the logic of purgatory. And that's what really destroys pride and fills us with humility, where we can, we can own and embrace the work of others as if it's ours and celebrate it as if it's ours. So purgatory isn't merely a matter of punishment, of undoing, of, of a negative work. It's a matter of becoming free. It's free from the burdens of the flesh, uh, free from the burdens of the soul that we carry and, 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 and wreak havoc in our lives. 
and is, but is free not merely from sin, but free to fly as our heart may please. Now, that's, that's the end goal of purgatory. There's, the, there's this vision of the Christian life as if it's a whole bunch of rules that by fulfilling or you know, by following these rules, then we're in a good relationship with God and we make it to heaven. Dante might say, well, I guess, but, but not really. The real goal is that, is that we be able to, whatever our heart longs for, we will be able to do that. Whatever our heart longs for. Because our heart will be so shaped, so transformed by these processes, by this order of God, by the love of God, that whatever we want, that will be good, and that we will get to do. There's a, there's a, a brief passage in C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce, where this, this man has this lizard, and, and the lizard is, is, is kind of is, is leading him to do all these horrible things and, and, and distorting his whole life. And, and, and the question is, will he destroy the lizard? And finally, I can't remember whether it's he that does this or he allows someone to do it for him, but someone stomps on this lizard and crushes it. And you expect that to just be death. The lizard ends. Like the, 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 the demon that the lizard represents um, perishes, and then the, the guy goes on with his, his life in heaven. Not the case at all. This lizard becomes this giant horse. The man leaps on it and gallops off into heaven. There's this notion that Lewis picked up from Dante that when my sin is transformed, it's not that I'm then neutral. It's that I'm free to, to desire and love with power, and that's what heaven will be like. And that's our introduction to Dante and how he thinks of pride. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.